I believe that people have amazing hearts. I really do. And I, I just believe that we are so busy in the hustle and bustle and managing work and family that sometimes the, the simple, nice gestures that we all value get lost. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 631. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. Listeners, you have heard me say over and over again that positive productivity is not about perfection. However, it does not need to be painful. And I got to tell you that our chat today with our guest, Sue Selvamini, has been a comedy of, I don't want to say errors, maybe life obstacles, comedy of life obstacles. Let me give you one idea. Last week, we were supposed to be going on and chatting and all of a sudden, our car broke down. So I call Sue desperately. Can we reschedule? I need to go rescue my family. And she's like, yeah, no problem. But what I've learned through everything on this podcast, and by the way, I'm still learning it day to day, is that everything for a reason, everything in its own time. So I am so looking forward to having this conversation today because I know that you or I, you or me, Grammar police, you can come and arrest me. We're going to get exactly what we need out of today's episode. But with all that said, Sue, I am so happy to finally be sharing you with the Positive Productivity community. And thank you so much for going through this comedy of life with me. Thanks, Kim. I, uh, I love just even the interaction we've had so far. So I'm really looking forward today. And like you said, I know it's, we're exactly where we need to be for, for today's call. So I'm super excited to, to get going. Absolutely. I wish that you, my listener, and I'm trying to be better about talking to, the, to one of you instead of all you at the same time. Sometimes there should just be like a fly recorder on the wall during the pre-chats, because what didn't we discuss in the pre-chat, and I won't discuss anything private, but we talked about one tab, about parents, about kids, about cars, about money, about bunk beds, you know, it's just so much fun behind the scenes. Yes, we really should have outtakes. Oh, we totally do. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, the last episode that I edited personally, and I'm doing a little bit of editing again right now, just, you know, current time, current place. But I actually put bloopers at the end because it's like, I can't leave these off. I know. I know. They're super fun. It's actually like the best part. It is. Wow. (laughs) And speaking of best parts, I would love to know the best parts of your journey, and maybe they were the worst parts, but they turned out to be the best parts that got you to where you are now. And I didn't even give you a proper introduction. Sue is the founder and president of Focal Point, but I'm going to allow you to share what that is. But what has your journey been like? What was, is it a crazy roller coaster like mine? You know, it's it's always crazy in that there's, life is crazy, right? I mean, like you, Kim, I have, I now have three teenagers. Yours aren't all teens, but I have three children. I have a, you know, a, a wonderful husband and life is busy. And that's amidst 
working full time um, my entire my entire life and building a business in the past, you know, three and a half, four years. So I think what's pretty amazing is how you continue to stay focused, be successful and achieve what what you're looking for, but manage the reality of life. And um, so, you know, when, when I reflect on my journey, I think that probably the the greatest aspect of my journey and recognition is that I really have loved it. And I, I'm not saying this to sound, um, to, I, I can't even put a word on it, but I really have loved my journey. And I've been blessed with the ability to see the crap, for lack of a better word, as opportunities. And that really has fueled this these last four years, because I so want everyone to be able to embrace that and find the the beautiful and the messy and find the opportunities in the the episodes and times that might feel like doors are closing and life might seem really difficult and work might seem difficult and productivity might seem really challenged. So I I love that and I'm passionate about helping people really see right what's in front of them and find the joy and the opportunity in it. And that's what brought me to where I am today. I love that. I didn't even share with you, but listeners have heard how this happened in the past. There was a point of financial struggle where and we just couldn't pay our water bill. And there was a day when it snowed. And this is not today, everybody. This is like two years ago. We couldn't pay the water bill. It completely fell off the radar because I've grown to the point where if I can't take care of it today, I'm not going to stress about it. I'll take care of it when I can. And I know that might sound financially irresponsible. So the water was shut off on that particular day and it snowed. So I have two teenagers, two boys, and my husband told them, you can go pee in the backyard, but bring in some snow for mom so she can use the toilet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I feel bad for our future in-laws because they're going to be hearing all these types of stories. But just this morning, I went in to brush my teeth and to take my shower and the water was off. This was not due to lack of money. This was due to the season of busy that we're in. And my husband is not good about paying bills. So that always goes on the my plate and we don't have <laughs> water set up for auto pay. So I go in and the water's gone. I'm like, oh, oh no, we forgot to pay the bill. So I went and paid it right away. I mean, it's still early. We're recording at 10, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. So I went, paid the bill really fast. And all of a sudden, they hear the water start cycling. So it was one of those days that they were able to send the person right back out. I was like, is the water really back on already? My husband goes and flicks on the sink faucet, and it goes, it's all over him. (laughs) And I just start laughing. (laughs) And, you know, it's just, we can't not laugh because we've known that there's periods when the water was off because we couldn't pay. But Mm -hmm. we just, people... And I don't mean to generalize, but there's a lot of people who may underestimate the value of water. It's just know, always it's, there. Well, it's it's it, that's life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we, no matter how um, appreciative and thankful we we are, we you can't really appreciate moments, people, at times, events until you don't have them or they're not at your fingertips. You know, and I I, I laugh. I think about like this is your baby toe. Do you ever notice that you don't think about it until you stub it? Yes. <laughs> and then you realize that you can't put your shoes on. You can't walk well. Like you never think about that toe ever in your life <laughs> until it hurts. Yes. You know? 
and unfortunately, not to uh, not to compare that to bigger bigger things in our life. But I, I really believe that there's just so much to be appreciative of that we take for granted. Not even because we're trying to be flippant, but because that's that's how we operate, right? Absolutely. So you don't have water, and all of a sudden, it becomes very clear what it's like. And you know, you can't help but think about we, we have water. And I always think in the winter months, especially being in the Northeast, how blessed we are to have shelter and heat. And I, I, I sometimes wonder about people in other countries or in other places, even in our own country Mm -hmm. where they just don't have those luxuries readily. And I think it's funny having teenagers you get reminded um, sometimes, you know, they grow up and they just by nature of where they are in life, they can't appreciate what, what they don't know, but they, it reminds you, you know, that there's so many micro movements and things in our days to be appreciative of. Um, And it's, it's, it's really a great journey um, to be, to, to go on that, a gratitude journey. And think about these things. I, I do that with a lot of my clients. I have them do a gratitude journal for 21 days. And mm. it just really helps shift the mind and the attitude uh, outward so that you're thinking more outwardly. And it really helps sort of massage sometimes the frustrations we might be feeling in our day-to-day jobs and, and days. I, and so, I'm working on a, a journey out of judgment. I used to cast judgment way too fast and going through my own journey, I've learned you don't know what other people are experiencing. For example, like putting on, it, it's 20 degrees here, Fahrenheit uh, for our Celsius listeners. I don't know what that is. It's below zero. That's all, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I know. And so it's 20 degrees. My husband picked up yet another hat and another pair of mittens because I don't know what monster eats them, but they always disappear <laughs> at the, the store. children. <laughs> yeah. And, and put them on our kindergartner's head before he walked her to school. But in, you know, just a few years ago, I would have been judging the parent who hadn't put the hat and the mittens on the kid before sending them off. But having gone through those periods when, you know, a 14 cent package of ramen would have been outside of our budget for that day. It's like, yeah. don't judge Kim. It's, you know, it sucks. So I'm even thinking, I don't, it's getting late in the year for this year, but I would love to set up like, or just start buying hats and mittens because we live in a very blue collar town. I know yeah. that these parents are struggling. So yeah. just have a box of hats and mittens at the school for the kids who like just don't have any. I think that's great. It's, it's, it's so it's it's the little it's the little movements and decisions that really can impact and make a difference. And I love that you shared that because I think that you know in the work that I do I'm I'm working with executives and they're and and professionals that feel that they don't make a difference because of where they sit or because they don't have the job or the role and it's all about it's all about the little decisions that are right here in front of us that in the end, like, like buying hats and mittens to pay it forward, you know, and just to provide something, something so small on one level, but so impactful on a much grander scale. And I think we lose sight of how we can really make a positive difference 
with very small gestures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't take, often it doesn't take more than a smile to make a big difference. I know. Well, it's funny today. I, you know, when I go, I get coffee every morning. It's just so good. <laughs> no judgment. And, you know, here. no judgment, but it's really good. So, you know, today I just decided I, I, I had somebody did this for us a few weeks ago and I've done it before, but I said, okay, when I went through the drive through, I said, here, this is for our coffee and I want you to pay for the next two cars because they'd already gone through the order and pay it forward. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to do a few more blog posts and whatnot. But, you know, I talk about making a difference and, and it's the small movements. And I thought, how fun would it be if for me, once a week, I just bought the next two cars of whatever they order just to pay it forward. And if you think about it, if you're going through that coffee line at like 7 a.m. or whatever, you have the opportunity to put a smile on two complete strangers' faces just for the sake of kindness. You don't know them. They don't know you. It's not for your own recognition. It's just to give someone something, a nice gesture to start their day. And that single gesture has the opportunity to then take those two people and hopefully, in their own way, either help them into a nice day or possibly even show up differently at work or back at home. And just think of the ripple effect. Or on the highway, you could eliminate the road rage that gets them in trouble or somebody else on the highway in trouble. So that's my new, I just said, you know, I'm going to commit to this and maybe it's Wednesday, but I'm going to do this once a week at a minimum. And I'm going to encourage the listeners, pick up one thing just to do for the sake of doing something nice and kind to a stranger, just to, just to give, especially during this Thanksgiving um, season, you know, what a great way to just show random gratitude for all that we have. So I'm, I'm asking people to honor me with that quest. I'm going to actually label it impact, which happens to be uh, what my book is about, is about making a difference and having impact. But I, I thought about that this morning as, as I did. I said, I'm going to try to start a movement on this. You know, it's not a new movement paying it forward, but let's have impact, positive impact by just a small gesture. And I'm, I'm excited to, to get feedback on what people do with this. Just, I just think I'm super excited about it because I'm, I'm so passionate, Kim, about trying to create space for people to love what they do and love their work, regardless of what their title is or their role, but really recognize the ability to make a difference in the world and in the workplace and be productive with their time and their energy. So I'm, I'm excited about this. And it was funny. It started today and I had no idea I'd be telling you or the listeners about it, but it's perfectly timed. So let's go for it. And we already talked about that, how it's perfectly timed, but I want to, can we just stay on that for one more moment? Yes. Yes. You know, we're, so we are recording just prior to Thanksgiving in the, in the year that we are recording and I'm going to leave it dateless, but I wish that Thanksgiving season lasted all year. Like I want it to become a global movement where it's not just about the month of November in the United States because, and it's, it's like it ends exactly on the fourth Thursday of, of November because 
the day immediately after starts a whole season of greed, in my opinion. Yes. Oh, it, and it, it actually has already started because the second that Halloween, the second that the trigger treating started in my town, the candy was already off the shelves and all the holiday decorations were going up. I know it's earlier and earlier every year, but you know, it's funny. It was on the news this morning. Um, someone was talking about that they set up the holiday decorations early in the, in the day and their, their home association was not pleased with the decorations on the lawn, but apparently it's a family. The, the mom is eight months pregnant. So she wanted to have the decorations done before she went through having her child. Completely understandable. (laughs) I know, I know. But what came from it too was there was another element of just wanting to celebrate the season of giving. And so I think that there's such an interesting, you know, some people in our in our world, our society, we sometimes look at it as the the time of, you know, retail and shopping, but others still do view this holiday season of Thanksgiving and Christmas as a time of giving and and gifting. And I think what would be so awesome would be if we continue to really push ourselves to think more about the season insofar as having gratitude for all we have and then the opportunity to give back in some way to others and really reflect on, you know, every day, it, whether it's in the morning, I like to do it at night um, just because it settles my brain. But it's either when you start your day or in the evening, keep a journal and write down three things that you're grateful for. And I actually give a prompt to this in my book um, for the gratitude journal. And I say, this is the rule. You have to be thankful. You can take a week, and each week is dedicated to a different topic. One week could be people. One week could be the arts or different things that you participate in. But every day, you are reflecting on, let's use people, three people that you are appreciative of. And here's the rule. You can't duplicate a person. And when you jot down who you're thankful for and why, and you do a different person every day. The next, the next opportunity that I like to do with the gratitude journal is then say, okay, now reach out to those people and share your gratitude with them, either in a note mm. or a phone call. Personally, I like notes because no one sends them anymore, but just a random note for no reason, you know, and it, it's something to, I've been keeping a gratitude journal and your name came to my heart. And this is why, because I'm so grateful for you because of, and I wanted you to know that for no reason other than to say that you're in my thoughts, my prayers, my gratitude journal, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And that's it. And think about doing that note, even if it's an email, to three people every day for no reason. Not because you need something from them for work, not because it happens to be right around their birthday, not because of any other reason other than their name came into your heart and head the evening that you were thinking about people that have made a difference in your life or that you're grateful for. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. I would love to ask if you remember... To, to all the listeners, I want you to know that I have a um I have an intake form. I call it my cheat sheet because that's truly what it is for my guests. It make it puts all the information that I need in one place, and it just makes it so easy when I'm hopping on a call. But do you remember that I asked for your address? 
You know, it's so funny. Yes, I do. I do. I, I don't think I have put to this day why I ask for it. Maybe I did because people were getting freaked out. Why do you want my address? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not sending a bill for editing fees. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked that. Are you going to send me a bill for editing fees or for marketing? No. My intention when I did that was actually to send a thank you gift to the guests because I I have two shelves of books behind me now that I've gotten from the guests. Right. And I love that. But my it's not about me here. I mean, you are here sharing your word and okay, full disclosure, the gifts aren't yet going out because I have chronic idea disorder and I had 15 other ideas come up in the meantime. (laughs) And I really wanted to get my planner produced in China. And I don't know, I'm not going to go political right now, but I don't know if it's going to happen in China. So I'm looking for a new source, but you know, that was my intention. Send the positive productivity planner as a thank you gift to every guest, you know, Mm -hmm. now, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see how many of the other guests listen to this this episode and find out why I asked for their address. But a lot of them are like, "No, thank you." Like, and I understand there's a, there's a variety of no thank you reasons, but it's like I'm not going for it for a bad reason. And well, I think unfortunately, you know, people get um, skeptical, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we don't. It, it's I think what's interesting, and that's that's partly why I'm so passionate about this. Because I believe, I believe that people have amazing hearts. I really do. And I, I just believe that we are so busy in the hustle and bustle and managing work and family that sometimes the, the simple, nice gestures that we all value get lost. And so part of, part of, my work in helping people recognize the ability they have to make a difference right where they are is helping reconnect them with the simple and, and, and that it doesn't have to be some brilliant or grandiose gift or dissertation or presentation. You know, I talk about recognizing employees and how you make a difference as a leader. It can be a simple, quick, note card that recognizes and appreciates someone. And, and it's funny that you say people don't want to share their addresses. That's, it, you know, part of it's because nobody's used to getting anything in the mail anymore, except for junk mail, exactly. you know, but I'll give you my address if I haven't, I'll definitely give you my address, you know, but it's, it's too funny. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Dot com. I mean, I had to go get a PO box earlier this year. Yep. It's amazing how with a podcast called Positive Productivity, I still get death threats. Oh, so, goodness. Yeah. So well, I went and got a PO box because I, you know, I didn't want my name attached to my email. Right. Um, and 
that became a concern for me. Do I really want to give my address out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I understand that. Yeah. So tell me, please, how, what do you do in your business? What type of work do you do? And how did your book come about? So thanks. Um, thanks for asking. So and can I ask a, th- a third question too? You can ask three. You can ask okay, as many as you. you want. This is your show, Kim. So I will well, I'm afraid it's it. going to escape, and it's especially relevant for me right now. I would love to know how, with three teenagers, you had time to write a book. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to answer them. Let me see. The first question was, "What do I do?" So, the the simple answer is, I help exceptional, high striving, high achieving individuals maximize their productivity and do more with their time, so that they're honoring their most important values and creating, creating the space and the, the, the opportunities that they want to create. And the way I do that is by executive coaching and working with individuals and teams. So that's what I do. How I came into it was I worked in sales and marketing and medical devices for over 20 years. And that was after serving in the military on active duty and I always worked for big companies and then down to small and start right down to startup level companies, always in very highly, uh, very busy, you know, roles, leading teams, developing teams and launching medical devices in operating rooms and whatnot. Very exciting career, very fulfilling career. And along that journey, I recognized that my passion was around leadership developing leaders, honoring and valuing strong leaders, and hopefully, hopefully working hard to be an effective leader myself. So when I was at the crossroads about four years of the company I was working with being acquired, I had an opportunity to really think through what do I value most? Where do I see my life? What would I like to be doing in the next chapter of my life? And after a lot of prayer and reflection and looking at my own values, my vision for my life, what my attitudes were, it just became crystal clear that my passion was around helping people love the work they do and being super impactful in what they do, regardless of what they chose. So my company was founded, and that's Focal Point. Part of that, which goes to the next question about the book, was, okay, how do you get the word out? And I had started doing a lot of uh, coaching with executive teams, you know, CEO level, CEO level people, entrepreneurs, individuals, and their extension, extended teams. And through the work I was doing, some common themes continued to come up. And one of the themes was that people felt that they weren't in the job that was best suited for them. They felt undervalued and underappreciated. And in many cases, they felt like they had so much in them, but they just couldn't sort out how to get it done where they were. So through all of these programs, there were constant themes. And I just decided that the best way for me to help others with everything that I was learning from my clients was to put it together in a book. Because that would allow me to reach more people that maybe I wouldn't be standing in front of through you know, an intimate client client engagement or program. So I got this passionate desire to write the book. 
positive productivity does not mean perfection. And we just lost our guest, but I'm just going to pick up talking. Maybe this will go in the bloopers. Maybe it won't. But I absolutely love what Sue is talking about here because this journey has been, it's been a passion of mine too, although I'm not going to go into that. What I've noticed is that a lot of leaders aren't leading in a way that is beneficial for their team. And earlier this year, I actually had my whole team take Jonathan Fields a sparkotype test. Jonathan Field is from thegoodlifeproject.com. And what I didn't realize until after they took the quiz was that a lot of my team members were actually not in That the, is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally picked up and I positive productivity is not about perfection. Hey. Where did we lose each other? <laughs> so you you talked about how you pulled your book together. So it was amazing. But I, I was just sharing that earlier this year and, and how I see, you know, some downfalls of leadership and how people aren't working in their designated area. So I was just sharing that earlier this year, I actually had my whole team take Jonathan Fields or um, Good Life Project, the Sparkotype test, because yes. I want to make sure that my whole team is working in the area that is best for them and that they really enjoy their work. Mm-hmm. And I thought that two team members really loved customer service in customer relations. And then they took the this quiz, which is really a fun quiz. And it turns out that is like at the bottom, like they should not be doing that. And I, so I talked to them about it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I do that because I love you, but it's not what I like doing. And wow. when I looked at what they, what, what the results were, I said, well, this is what it says you should be doing. They're like, oh yeah, I love that. It's like, oh my gosh, you yeah, gotta I'm- change that. When people love what they do, it's amazing how productive they are. And and it, it it's just and, and when they're passionate and when they're aligned with their values. And so this continues to resonate with, with my workshops, with my clients. And I'm I'm honestly not sure where we dropped, so forgive me, but the you were asking me how I how I, you know, manage with teenagers and how I wrote the book. And I'm not sure if we got there. We did <laughs> I was not talking get there. for a while. We so, so the first thing I will fully disclose is I definitely work odd hours because I'm highly goal oriented. Mm. So even when the when the my kids were young, I, I'm not I'm not recommending this, but I up until recently operated on very little sleep. So what I would do is I was super committed to doing all I could with my children. And I, I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't say that my husband is amazing and is has always been there every which way when I couldn't be and, and more so and even, you know, with the kids. But I I would be with the kids, I would put them to bed, and this was when they were younger. And then I would work. I would go into my office from nine until one or two AM to make up for what didn't get done when I was being mom from, you know, five or six at night until nine when everyone was in bed. And so I'm, I, but having very clear goals and mostly being passionate about what I was trying to accomplish is what fueled this energy. And I, I can't not acknowledge, I have a strong faith, so Christian faith, and I believe I've got a much greater source that fuels me, that gives me this energy to do what I'm able to do in these hours. But, you know, the writing the book. So what's interesting is, so I had this, all of these ideas coming to me and, and years of my own experiences that I just felt 
super passionate about trying to pull together in a book. And I'm not going to say that they're new ideas, but they're ideas and they're practices that have just constantly been pounding at my brain and my workshops and through my own experiences that just I felt like I, I want to pull them together for others uh, to help people be productive, reach the goals they want to reach, and mostly love, love, love the work they're doing and find joy where they are. Um, and if they don't have to switch jobs, then that's even better. But if it if they determine that they can't find this joy where they are, then give them tools and resources to help them sort out what that next place and space will look like. But what's interesting is, is as people have gone through the book and in my workshops, most often, Kim, they find that the joy and the passion exists right where they are. They just have to reframe and reexamine what it is about what they're doing that allows their passion to be reignited. Mm. So I, I was able to write this book. I was, I mean, I was, I, I do goals based on my birthday and I changed my, my fiscal year to match my birthday because it made me really get excited about my birthday. So every birthday I set my new intentions and goals for the next year and the goal and intention for the upcoming year, it was 2000 and my birthday in 2017, which was October, was that by October 2018, I wanted to have all of these thoughts on leadership in a book and produced. Well, I was fortunate enough to break my foot running a half marathon in 2017, right after my birthday. So what that allowed me to do was um, not really be physically mobile for a significant amount of time. <laughs> so what else does one do when they can't use their right foot but write a book? So I happened to um, be able to dig in. I found a publisher, and I I was I was I was working on. Um, I had two big keynote speaking events coming up in the following April and May of 2018. And I just thought it would be a great opportunity to have my book done for that time. So my deadline of October of 2018 got moved up in my head to April, May of 2018. And so I set that date and then I pushed ahead to really, you know, push myself to write this book. And how I did it was really just intentional focus to do so. And that's not what I recommend for everyone. But for me, I set deadlines for myself um, with the understanding that it will propel me to move forward with significant vision and clarity and focused intention. And that time frame worked for me. And I was able to get the, the book, you know, moving very swiftly. And I had a publisher that would work with me to as long as I did my part that they would work alongside me. I love this on so many levels. Uh, number one, I love how you said you were fortunate enough to break your foot. <laughs> there was uh, when my twins were little, we started them at, in daycare about six months after they were born. I could not work with twins at home. And as you can imagine, they came home frequently with yes. pink eye, with <laughs> snot coming out of their nose, and they couldn't go back to school. So I remember this one day, it was like the fourth day that week that I had a sick infant at home with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the couch. He only wanted to be with me. And it hit me that I wanted to make, and this is 2000, I don't know, 16. And I had the idea hit me of the 30-day abundance challenge. 
Now, I'm not I'm not looking at this at the, as the woo, but it was more of like an abundance gratitude thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and sitting there with a sick, snotty baby on my on my you know cuddling up to my lap, I wrote out the whole 30 day series because I was fortunate. I wouldn't have had that time if I didn't have a sick kid who had. I'm going to put it in quotes, downed me for the day. Yes. I I always think that, you know, and, and, and believe me, I, you know, I'll be the first person that if I'm rushing between appointments and something intercepts what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't want everyone to think that it's always like, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Often it's not. But I've learned to take a deep breath and try to say, what's the opportunity here? And 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 to the point of even before this podcast, we knew that it's been delayed a couple of times, but we knew that the timing would be perfect. And I found myself that when I can go back to that value and that core value, which I really help my clients come up with, really get clear on their core values, when I can tap back to what my core values are and align my choices with the core values that I'm honoring, the the sense of conflict and the sense of of not and why something might not be a good thing and judgment to our earlier, our earlier conversation, it gets diminished and I'm able to embrace where I am and find the, the, the joy or the value in the moment. And so just like you, you know, I know I wasn't excited that I broke my foot, but I, I didn't have a choice in it at that point. And so what am I going to do? Am I going to sulk over this or am I going to find value in that, okay, I've mm-hmm. got to rearrange how I do life. And I did. I learned how to drive with my left foot. I was oh, very appreciative. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is. But if you if you think about it, if you wedge your right foot under the seat or initially when it was in a cast up over the console, then I was appreciative that I was flexible, even though I learned <laughs> that your your butt cheek can fall asleep if it's in yes, that it position can. too long driving to, uh-huh. to York, Pennsylvania to write work on your book for eight hours, but that's another story. But you learn you learn that you have a lot more resilience mm-hmm. and you you tap into other elements of strength that you might not have known you had. And so honest to goodness, so I learned how to drive with my left foot at the urging of my husband because I wasn't going to be driven around for what ended up being almost a year. Um and so I learned that if you move your left foot over and if you shift your body slightly, you pivot on your heel between accelerating and braking just as you would your right foot. And here's the value that came from that. We drive back and forth to Rochester frequently. I can use either leg now and I can actually rest my legs in driving. It's created a whole new opportunity for me. It's not illegal. I actually looked it up to see if it's legal. You can drive with, with your left foot all you want. I don't recommend the two-foot driving, you know, where one put, where your right foot's on the gas and the left foot's on the brake. But the point is, is that through adversity, we, did, we learn how much stronger we really are. And in the end, we become more of a whole person. And, and, and part, of, part of being productive and being intentional is, is this is part of it. You know, it's understanding what really drives you and your values, really getting clear on your vision so that you know where you want to go directionally and really understanding how your attitude is working to serve you or limit you. And, you know, this is really the core of my book. So what was funny, Kim, is here I am writing a book about these elements that have served me in my professional journey 
that have served my clients and I'm with a broken foot. And so part of writing the book was therapeutic in its own way too, because it forced me to um, live by what I have valued when I was physically able in a time that I was physically not as able. And, and it was really an amazing journey of, of self-reflection in the, under the guise of writing it to get the word out for just that one, that one reader that I might not come into contact with personally. And that was my, my goal. And I'm not like saying I wanted to set the bar low, but I genuinely was passionate that if this book reaches one reader that I might not meet through a personal client engagement or through a workshop, if this book gets in the hands of one reader and it helps them really tap into mastering and having a successful journey, then it was worth every bit of it, uh, every bit of energy, every bit of writing, every bit of, you know, strong self-inflicted deadlines. And I, I got really, it was fun and it kept me going. And the message is, is that regardless of what the why is that you're doing something, is to really have something that you're passionate about that you can tap into when the when it gets tougher or when it seems a little bit unattainable is you can go back to what you're valuing and why you're doing what you're doing why you're putting yourself through in some cases sleepless nights or difficult conversations you know or a little bit pain and of pain and angst you know when you can tap back into it's for that one reader or it's for that one outcome it just helps you get through the muddiness and the murky moments. And, and so the book actually was my, my broken foot and my, I don't even like to say disability, I'll say my, my slowed down um, ability fueled me. Your as, detour. As it, my detour just actually inspired me to prove that I could do it despite this. You know, and, and yes. that always fuels me. That's not for everyone, but I've found in my life that the harder it seems it will be, the more invigorated I become. Mm-hmm. To, not to prove to anyone else, but just it's my own little game with myself. Well, I can do this. Who, who cares that, that, you know, my foot doesn't feel great? <laughs> you know, and if, we all have that in some capacity. You know, it could be that colleague we work with that just is a really challenging relationship and, you know, and how do you like move ahead and stay positive and still accomplish your goals or help the team accomplish their goals despite the, the challenges that are faced right in front of you, you know? Yes. Okay. Sue, I'm going to have to ask you to come back for a part two. This episode is going to go out just before Christmas 2019. And I think it's such on point with the time that we're in. But I would actually love to invite you to come back. Listeners, by the way, you can find all the show notes, all the links where you can find Sue at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP631. So I'm going to ask you to share that in just a second. But I would actually like to ask you to come back again for episode 634, which is releasing on New Year's Eve so that we can get people started for for their year if they don't mark by their birthday in an amazing way. I would be honored. It would be it would be wonderful to do that with you, Kim. I think we have so much more to discuss. We cannot just let it go there. So listeners, again, I want you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP631 
and leave questions down below because then what I'd also love to do after these two episodes go out is, Sue, let's go on Instagram Live or Facebook Live, invite the listeners on and answer questions live. That would be fabulous. Let's do that. I love it. I love it. So where can listeners find you online, connect with you and get more prepared for part two? So you can go, there's two sites, they go to the same, but go to leadershipbychoice.com and that routes you to my website, but that's the easy way to go. It will bring you to the publications page where the book, and by the time they're getting this, the audio book will just be live and the reflection journal, but it will take you to my website, which is focalpointinc.com and that's point with an E and we can connect live there. I'm also on LinkedIn. And I'm on Facebook as well, under leadershipbychoice.com or under my name, Sue Salvamini. And I always get back to, to any, any outreach. So I love to hear from you and I love to know what's going on for you. Any challenges you might be having or any successes you're having, please share with me because I'm so passionate to hear about your journey and be a part of it. Amazing. Listeners, I look forward to hearing your responses to part one. And Sue, I look forward to going into part two because I I know that we have just, we're on the first page of so much more. Thanks, Kim. Likewise, so excited. Well, thank you so much. Listeners, again, head on over to the show notes page, leave your questions. And if you are listening in the future, make sure to go over to part two as well at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP634. Sue. We're going to be talking really soon because we need to record part two really soon. But do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave for this for this first portion? Yeah, the, the golden nugget is I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that we are all, but you are perfectly imperfect. And what I mean by that is love who you are and where you are. Because even though it doesn't always feel great, you are where you need to be and, and what's in front of you is so perfectly exciting and there's a huge opportunity for you. And I believe that in my heart of hearts. So have a great day. Thank you for listening and please provide feedback so that we can answer any and all of your your questions and thoughts. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.